Good to see everybody wearing through the cold out here. 400 miles, a lot of crazy things could happen here. Maximize their day, get our points where we can. There is a sense of urgency because this track is only a mile and a half. I appreciate this opportunity. No matter the circumstances, this is an honor. William, I appreciate it. Good luck today, boys. And the green flag's in the air. Penske, one, two, three. Oh, trouble. Bubba Wallace in the wall. You said he blew a tire, and that's why he spun out. That's what it looked like. He just spun coming off the corner. Right side tires, man. Literally just about to come on the radio. My front tires are sliding, and it grips up. And there she went. Great just make minimum force hang in there here they come to the line joey logano who's led every lap so far is going to win stage one right, good work there guys 77 laps completed atlanta with joey logano back in command green flag stops gonna be interesting can't speed off his road here in your days over yes sir with the reconfiguration nascar decided this year instead of turn four just before the entrance to pit road you must commit and go to the apron at turn three Pitting this time i think the three car just tried to pit he was supposed to pit he must have not have made it that one's gonna work it's not even close the road two past on pit road oh my gosh am i two down or one down we're two down the 22 passes that would put us three down so 22 is the leader now. Final lap, here we go. Who's going to make the move? Our move is going to be only in three and four on the last lap. That's what we're going to plan for. Them. There it is, Reddick's going for it. 22 is blocking, just keep your mow here. Inside is Reddick by himself, 24 is going with him. You got nothing. Three top with Joey. Dang it, I missed the freaking two. I was watching the bottom of the three. Freaking blew that. Austin Sendrick, your stage winner. Nice work there. Yeah, good execution, guys. Keep it going. 100 more. Track position or tires? Which would you rather? On this side, we on the mark four tires. All right, don't speed here, nothing to gain. Eric Almarola with no tires wins the race off pit road. We don't need tires the rest of the race, but we'll see how it goes here. Green flag is in the air. The 11th about to rack up here. Denny Hamlin is moving. Can't keep it down getting into three. Here's your push on the one. One's pushing you. Whoa! He got turned by Chastain and around they go. Stay in it, stay in it, stay in it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Right behind you. Busher into the wall. Steering broke. That was all rock. Right. Just pushed the four out of line. Yeah, he's knocked out of here right when he shouldn't have. Oh, uh, we're wrecking. Son of a Damn it, man. We are just starting to figure it out. Bottom, 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 bottom. Still green. Stay in it. Stay in it hard. I'm glad I watched Deeds of Thunder the other night and have me prepared for that moment. Check up, check up, check up hard, check up hard, check up hard. Nose damage. I'm not sure we didn't oversell this thing. Got any damage? No, sir. I didn't touch him. Ross Chassin didn't touch him. Got loose, but he didn't touch him. Pit road is open. Oh, seven, seven, four. Who hit me? Feel that. It's all good. On your tight two inside. I don't think there's any timing lines out there, Tony. Oh, I bought hot through the grass. Look at the tire marks out there. <laughs> Kozlowski moves up with the choose to the first row, and here we go. 20, 48 with you. There you go. Go get him. Trouble along the front stretch. Lock it down, lock it down. 10 car lose the right rear tire. That's what it looks like. Low, 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 low. Come on. Hey, hey, one, five, one, five, low, low. Come on. Good job. Holy crap. Are you okay there, bud? Uh, yeah. Uh, it knocked the wind out of me. Where, man? No lock it. Need any crap. I think the bad time looked at my mirror and I looked ahead. They were wrecking. Probably going to have a, at least another caution or two, I would think, the way these things shake out. There 
goes the pace car, and we're about to restart. Keselowski leading them to the green flag. Side by side, our back tire is going to come here on the bottom of the corner. We got to block both lanes, huh? The two drivers on field are best at blocking two lanes of traffic. Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano. Group by one. Group by one. Here comes Logano. Bottom of three. Teammates are to you. It's a chess match. It's just at 185 miles an hour. Keselowski now gets a little bit of a wrap from Logano. Joey draws even. Come to 12 to go here. Still outside. Yeah, if he ever clears Keselowski, he's gone. Still outside. Still there. Our help closer. The white flag's out. Watch outside. Watch out that. It's going up. You got help coming. Outside Joey, so keep the 20, keep the 20. Top tighter, big push, still inside quarter. Bumper, you are clear, you are clear. Joey Logano dominates Atlanta. Hell yeah, good job. All right, baby! Woo! What a car, guys! Yes! Atlanta! I told you we are gonna come win this thing today. Welcome to TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com and live on Facebook Live. Don Hall here with you for another week after Atlanta and getting ready to preview the race at Coda here in Austin coming up uh, this weekend. That was, of course, radioactive, NASCAR's radioactive, courtesy of NASCAR Race Hub. Uh, you can catch it on their YouTube channel and at NASCAR.com. As always, we thank them for that. And uh, as always, I want to thank uh, my good friend Mike Haig. Mike, of course, from RacedaySA.com, who's always here with me. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great, Don. How about you? Uh, doing pretty well. i just been out at... Uh, we were out at the zoo all day today, so wow. it, it's been um, it's it's been crazy. Um, it was a it was a really nice day though, and and we had a lot of fun. So um, I don't know, a little just a little tired. <laughs> and so you went to the Fort Worth Zoo, huh? Yeah, yeah, Fort Worth Zoo, which is owned by the same people that own the San Antonio Zoo, I believe. Um, there's a lot of similarities with it. And so, uh, but it's a beautiful zoo. I, I think it's, I know a lot of people rave about the Dallas Zoo here, and I'm not a big fan of the Dallas Zoo. Really? I've heard yeah. nothing but great things about the Dallas Zoo. I was shocked because I was expecting like just amazing, amazing things. And Craig and I went right before COVID because we had even, uh, we we got like season tickets and then COVID hit. And so we didn't get to <laughs> really you know go more than once but uh or, or i'm sorry we went i guess we did go more than once i think we went like two times but um yeah it, it i got through it really quick it it's just it's not very big um it's pretty spread out i guess roomy but i wasn't all that impressed with i you know what though it's really hard i think we have a good zoo in san antonio um it, you know it's decent but i I tell you, there is no zoo or at least none that I've been to like the one that I went to in St. Louis. St. <laughs> Louis Zoo is amazing. That's the best zoo I've ever been to. Wow. Well, the best one I've ever been to is the one in San Diego, California. Oh, I bet that one's nice. That's a huge one. And uh, But uh, you got to see the San Antonio Zoo right now. It's all under construction in the front. They're doing a new entrance, and it's crazy how – different it's starting to look 
Yeah, I saw that. Um, and see at the um, Fort Worth Zoo, they are just now getting ready to finish. It'll be ready in um, the summer. I think it's the same thing that they did in San Antonio a couple of years ago, but it's their um, African uh, Africa um, predators uh, exhibit thing that they are they're doing there. So um, really, really cool. But um, I know y'all didn't tune in for us to talk about zoos and stuff, although last weekend's race. I mean, you know, if, if you went on social media and you were you know reading about it, Mike, you would have thought it was a zoo there uh, at Atlanta. The mixed feelings, either you ha- either you hate the new Atlanta um, configuration or you love it. And I'm sorry, I am with, well, actually, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. I am totally with the crowd that loves it. Um, I don't know what people are complaining about there and drivers. Um, it, I have a feeling it's the same drivers that hate racing super speedways and that are just bitching about it nowadays. Um, but I find the new configuration amazing i just think we get great racing at it your thoughts well yeah i, I really thought the uh, race is a great race i love the, the new configuration of the track uh, i love the way the cars race around there now i mean it's tight racing and we had uh get this done 20 lead changes among 13 drivers now tell me if that's not competitive you know right and uh only five cautions for 34 laps but just a great uh Great race and a little bit of you know drama there and different stage part stages and parts, but um Lugano gets the win over Brad Keselowski, you know, a wild few laps there at the end, and it just uh goes to show you that it's a that's a great race. I wish Texas the race at Texas would be that as, as good as it is, you know, at Atlanta. Well, we had some really nice stuff. So let's see some really nice stuff. Some interesting things that went on. Uh, You heard the finish there in NASCAR's radioactive that we talked about. And again, we always want to thank Race Hub and NASCAR uh, for putting those out weekly. You can go and find them on YouTube. And uh, to me, it's just an awesome way to recap the races and stuff. Go check out the video as well. But uh, Joey Logano coming away with the win i was jumping up and down because mike i I told you last week that six car brad keselowski he is just why am i shaking my finger like that like i'm like (laughs) uh, (laughs) and next you know i need a ruler to you know anyway uh i told you you know that six car has been on fire the last few weeks and he was on fire there at atlanta and i really thought was going to pull it off there at the end but joey logano with some great moves uh brad just was not able to to block and didn't get you know wasn't able to hold him back and stuff but uh still uh a, a, a great great finish for for both of those guys we've got some audio i know um from them uh, and I guess we'll hear from our race winner, Joey Logano first. Yeah. So here's what he had to say, Don, after the, uh, race is over on the front straightaway. Here we go. Joey Logano finally gets his first win here at Atlanta and you just got a big hug. Your dad ran all the way out here to hug you. How did you guys nail this setup of this car? There were so many questions coming into it. Yes. Yeah, uh, first off, it's so special to win Atlanta for me. Uh, so many memories of me and my dad racing right here on a quarter mile. And this is the, the full circle uh, for us. So many memories gritting over there at the legends car and racing and having a big time and, and, Dreaming of going straight at the quarter mile and going on to the big track. That was always a dream to do it. And to finally win here um, means so much to me personally, but to this race team, the auto trader Mustang, this thing was, it 
it was an animal. It was uh, very, very fast and um, was able to lead a ton of laps and uh, race really hard there at the end and get a good push from the 20 uh, to clear myself and, uh, and, and enough of a push to get all the way to the end. So a uh, huge victory. Nice to get one early in the season. It always feels better, uh, but what a great day for us. Well, you dominated today, but it all came down, obviously, to the decisions you made on those last few laps. Take us through what it's like in this high-speed chess match, the patience, and, you know, the commitment from your spotter to get it done when it counts. Uh, Coleman's amazing. He's the best spotter on the roof by a long shot. He's uh, giving me great information the whole time, um, you know, to be able to make the right moves on the racetrack. He understands it so well. Um, that on top of the, the car that Paul gave me, uh, just a, a really special race team uh, to be able to maximize what we had here today. Fast car, great team. Say hey to my wife, my kids at home. Hey, guys, we're coming home with a trophy, baby. Joey Logano wins for the first time this season. So there you go, Don. There's Joey Logano and uh, great win and great finish and another, another different winner this, this year so far. So. Sorry, I had my mic muted. <laughs> um, you know, and um, those Penske cars, all of them there for a while, they were all racing really, really well. And, um, I, you know, again, it, it was interesting, though, because we didn't see and, and I know they talked about this during the broadcast. Um, unlike the super speedway races, you don't you don't see you saw teammates kind of working together, but you didn't see a lot of like manufacturer working together or that kind of thing. It's that's what I like about it is it, this new configuration is it does race like a super speedway. But to me, the dynamics are just very different, uh, the way that the the guys choose who they choose to work with and not work with and stuff. It's just very different there. And then I loved um, the pitting where they pitted at back on the, you know, coming at what was it, uh, turn three or whatever. It just, um, I don't know. I, I just loved all of it. I thought it was, I, I thought it was a good race. Well, you know, Matthew Kemp last week on the show brought, brought up that, uh, the fact that they were going to be coming out of you know, turn three to go down the, the inner pit road, that was going to be different. And, and that definitely was, uh, I want to point out a, a couple of things in the top 10 real quick while we're talking about the, uh, the race, uh, finish, uh, how about Christopher Bell, Don with a third place finish, uh, Corey LaJoy gets fourth, Tyler Rhetoric gets fifth, Denny Hamlin six, Blaney was uh, seventh, Eric Jones, eighth, Ty Gibbs ninth and Kyle Bush rounds out the top 10. So there's your top 10. And, um, but like I said, uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty good race. Yeah. Uh, and I know you said you have some audio. Uh, sometimes, you know, we play audio from the front stretch, but we'll also go and we pull audio a lot of times from uh, the media center afterwards, the post-race uh, media stuff. Uh, I we, we like it. We like to play it because a lot of times, in fact, most times it's not what uh, you folks who are watching on television see and and a lot of times we'll never hear unless it's something really, really controversial, but you get a lot of like um, really, really good stuff out of uh, a lot of these media post-race media um, interviews and stuff. And Mike, I know you pulled some stuff from uh, Joey Logano in the media center, correct? Yeah, I did. And before I played, I just want to say all of these uh, press conferences are embedded in the stories that I have in the NASCAR wire service on my website. So like the Sunday recap stories, we get the uh, the audio from the press conference, and I actually put it in the, the story. So if anybody wants to go through and listen to the whole press conference, you can. Uh, I'm not sure they're always made available to the fans. Um, I know sometimes you can listen to them on different platforms uh, live, when, but uh, but not not too many people put the audio up. But we always have the audio. But anyway, here's uh, here's a couple of things that uh, Logano had to say in the media center 
uh, on Sunday night. Here we go. Finally. Um, we've been so close so many times here uh, to get a win, and it's meant so much uh, to me, just the memories, right? Like I was here when Harvard got his, his first win. Right? I remember watching that uh, from the grandstands and, and how cool that was. And racing here uh, with my parents, running Legends cars, thinking about the first time we drove down here uh, and driving through the infield tunnel and uh, thinking this was the biggest racetrack we've ever been to. And uh, we were just down visiting and we met Kenny Reagan, who runs Legends of Georgia over there, David's dad. And he said, why don't you race a Bandolero and give it a shot? And we did that day. Um, he let us rent one for the weekend and we raced and then came back down here about six months later when we moved and, and started racing right here and ran so many races. There's so many memories of, uh, you know, showing up here Monday nights and, practicing and, and uh, or sorry, Wednesday nights and then Thursday nights we'd race. And, uh, our race shop was two miles up the road. I lived in the condo up there and, and the dream was always to race on the big track, right? It's every time you run that quarter mile over and over again, the, the dream was man, someday. I just want to go straight and hit the big banks. You know, it was <laughs> what it was about for me. And, uh, I guess this win here is, is, is for those kids. I got to meet a lot of them this weekend. I'm sure you guys saw them around a lot, a lot of kids that race and, uh, just shows that you keep working hard and chasing your dreams. And, uh, and the dream of always driving a cup car into that victory lane came true today. It was really neat. And there you go, Don. And he made a great, great point there. You know, a lot of young kids, people that are young and aspiring to be a driver, a professional driver in a big series, like the cup series. We, we, you and I have heard this many times from some of these drivers that have worked their way up that they used to love, going to like the Texas Motor Speedway and, and racing over on the dude the dirt track at the little track they had over there called, what was it? Little, little, little TMA, or, or something like that. <laughs> or something like that. And um, they would look over at the big speedway and say, one day I'm going to race over there. And so that, that was, that was Logano there. You know, he had these dreams to get there and how great it is that he did get there, you know, and the guys that, because not everybody gets a chance to make it to the top like that. But these guys that we've heard from time and time, you know, again, it's neat to hear that and then to see them actually, you know, do it and accomplish what they've set out to to do with regarding their dreams and aspirations and stuff. So, right. No, um, definitely. Uh, cool. No, yeah. it was definitely cool. You know, um, it's not really necessarily the same thing as far as drivers go, but I saw a, a story that NASCAR put out. I think it was on. Um, and I, I'm not sure if it was NASCAR, NASCAR and NBC did it. Um, I, I, I retweeted it. It was on Twitter and at Atlanta, they have a group, you know, how Jeff Gluck and some of the others, they do the tweet ups and Bob Pockris and stuff. And they'll do the tweet ups with the fans and stuff. They've been doing it for years. And so they'll have a, a spot where a bunch of the fans and stuff will meet up. And, you know, it's kind of cool. People, you meet new friends and stuff, people that you've interacted with through NASCAR chat rooms and that kind of thing or whatnot on Twitter. Well, this one is really unique, Mike. It was a group of um, black NASCAR fans who have been like longtime fans and stuff, or even some that are newer fans, but they're in the Atlanta area that have come out to the race and they did a, a meetup, or I guess they have like a group or a, a chat or whatever um, online. And so they set up like a, a, a tweet up, so to speak, and I mean, you should have seen the size of the group and stuff. And and people were commenting there about just how much the dynamic there, everything that NASCAR has been doing and pushing for, um, as far as, you know, the, um, 
the dynamic of, of the fan base and stuff changing and all and, and how they've been really, really reaching to to bring in new new fans to the sport. It was just so cool because so many of these people, Mike, you should have heard the stories, especially there in Atlanta, of people who were fans who have been fans of NASCAR for years and years and years, but there for a while didn't feel like they were, you know, that it, that was a place that they could go to to watch racing and stuff. And they had only watched on television and stuff. And then they talk about the fact that how amazing it is in the racing environment and how um just warm and welcoming, you know, and how this group of, of people that started out kind of like as a quote unquote black fan base, but you saw in this group of, 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 of uh, the crowd and stuff that they're talking. I mean, there's people of all races and stuff there. And it's just, I don't know. I, Again, I, I, but I think Atlanta is one of these tracks that I, that I like. I think when we go to Chicago, when we, you know, when you see some of these things, when we've been out in California, it's just nice, Mike. It is so nice to see. First of all, it's nice to see the fan, the stands full, um, again. And it's just so nice to see all of these fans of, you know, all these, you know, women and minorities and, and families. I mean, just groups of kids and stuff out there enjoying it again and, and taking in and, and especially the groups of folks who are, it's their first race um, that they've ever been to. You know how I am about that. I always try to bring somebody or uh, I like to bring people who have never been or, um, you know, or experienced it, especially uh, I, I've, I've really enjoyed to bring uh, bringing athletes from other sports there and stuff. But um, I don't know. It, it it was just it was a fun experience or a fun thing to watch and all. And um, I don't know. It was it was just cool. So I kind of think when Joey was talking about that, it's what reminded me of it. It's like, you know, I mean, there's folks who have been watching forever and, and just didn't have a place to go to watch racing or, or whatnot. And now they feel like, you know, this is an environment where they're welcomed in. Um, and, and you hope that it, through these groups and stuff that there will be young, hungry you know, drivers or future drivers in these, you know, growing up mm -hmm. watching these racings and stuff that will want to come out and, and become future drivers in the sport. It's awesome. Well, that's kind of similar, Don, to what I've been used to and uh, have been grown accustomed to a group uh, on WFO radio. Uh, you know, I'm a big drag racing fan and I'm real good friends with Joe Costello, who's one of the uh, track announcers there on NHRA. He has, a podcast that he does uh, called WFO radio, but he's got a group of, of, of his Patreons, you know, that got people that support the show. They've, they, they, they've grown this base of people. I'm, I don't know how many there are, maybe 30 and they're starting to do meetups now at, at some of these races. And, um, and this year at the, at the Texas motorplex, the fall race, at the stampede of speed, they're going to have a big WFO meetup. And it's kind of neat to see these people coming from all over the place. And um, I just think it's great when fans meet that way. That's one of the great things about social media. You know, you, you can interact and talk and meet people from different states and countries and everything. And it, it's just, it's cool that, 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 that has taken place now. Look um, at how many people we we've, we've met over the years that I mean, oh, yeah. we didn't know, listen to the show or whatever, but then, you know, we would show up and um, how many barbecues and cookouts and stuff or tailgate parties had we been invited to out there at Texas Motor Speedway from folks. And we've met so many different people through the years. I mean, I, you know, even as far as at the, at the Phoenix track when I went to and meeting, you know, several different people at, at Phoenix and some of the other racetracks. I mean, it's it's awesome. 
yeah, that's what's great about the sport and everything. So um, I hope that continues, and hope we get to meet some some new people this year. You know, maybe take a, take take us invite us out to the campgrounds, and we'll we'll, we'll uh, t- taste your barbecue and. <laughs> <laughs> we're all about it we will try your margaritas or whatever That's right. you have i, I mean, will taste test them twist <laughs> our arm if you must um, <laughs> um mike i know i wanted to um make sure to let our listeners know too i do have two polls up this week um so the first one was uh did you enjoy the atlanta race the the new configuration it's simple yes no and parts of it um and then the second question or poll question that we have is will you be at coda um this weekend uh for the race in austin and again it's simple yes no or i'll be there in spirit (laughs) so that is the options there um we're gonna preview coda and some other stuff here in just a little bit but i want us to get back to the atlanta race i know we've got some audio from brad keselowski and, you know, I'm always I love BK interviews. They're the best interviews that there are because he is um, he's just a pleasure to interview. He is every journalist dream interview. Right. I mean, yeah, I, oh, yeah. it's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> and before we uh, play it, Don, I want to give a shout out to Mike Knotts, our f- friend. Yes. In San Antonio. He um, he's listening in from the race shop. I have a feeling he'll be at Coda this weekend. I'm sure he always goes to the races, but he has his huge hat that he wears. And I have to send you a picture. It's funny, but he, he's always wearing that hat. Is it like William Byron, huge hat? No, it's one of those, like a cowboy hat. It was was one. That's like the sombrero cowboy. hat. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Have you not seen the picture of my husband when he's out mowing the yard and he's got one of those on? (laughs) <laughs> i need to see that the too. Most ridiculous thing ever but yeah okay um <laughs> hey, well, anyway. but I, it keeps the sun off i guess yeah well mike's a big supporter of us and uh thanks for listening to mike i hope you're having a good week and hope to see you at coda if you're going to be there so I'll, I'll be there tomorrow all right but anyway here's uh here's what uh brad keselowski had to say this this audio is courtesy of uh fox and nascar here we go well brad keselowski comes home in second place brad Seemed like you did everything right as the seemed like you did everything right as the race played out towards the end there. So close at the end. Yeah, I just the, the bottom run came with a huge um, came with a huge run. I don't know how. And I thought I had it blocked and, and Joey just kept uh, shaking and his car didn't stall out. Uh, I couldn't get the push down the back. I thought, oh, I'll just get a push down the back in the 20 car. Just hauled down there. But uh, great run on off for uh, you know, RFK, six Hawaiian Ford Mustang, and uh, we were right there. Glad at Ford won. It was a heck of a battle. You know, the coolest thing about this, Regan, is two veterans showed that you can run a race here side-by-side, pump drafting, and not wreck the field. I think that's the coolest thing. It can happen if you race respectfully, and I thought everybody did a great job. So uh, we were right there, proud of my team and the effort. Just uh, not much we could do there. Definitely great racing there at the end. This race team this season, though, has come so far from a year ago. How much pride does that give you? Yeah, I mean, good night and day from where we were a year ago. 100% Regan. And uh, you just keep running like this and, and the good finishes and the wins will hum. Thanks, Brad. And, you know, Don, he's due for a victory. Uh, he's our overdue, actually. He's overdue for a victory. But uh, I think we'll see that car in victory lane before too long. Uh, it's great to see him having a great finish like that and, and I know he's struggled a little bit, you know, 
with the programming, you know, has it underway right now. It's not easy being a car owner and and changing teams like he did. But he uh, he's going to get back in victory lane and he'll win a bunch more races, I think. Well, uh, as you know, I'm a Brad Homer, so I I would be totally up for that. So uh, and funny thing, I don't know if you saw me over here giggling like a little schoolgirl, but it's so funny because when he was doing a sponsorship thing, it just completely reminded me of something. So there was a video of him. You know, he's his sponsor was the Hawaiian Rolls or whatever it was, um, which those are amazing, by the way. But uh, they make amazing sliders with it. Um, anyway, I don't know if you saw the video though, after the race, he literally jumped out of his car, helmet on and everything and went running to the porta potty. I mean, sprinting to the porta potty and went in and Denny Hamlin retweeted it, put something about, um, uh, when I went in there, it smelled like Hawaiian rolls or something. It, It was something to that effect, but yeah. So apparently either Brad had drank a whole lot of liquid and just, had to go or he had to go uh, another one <laughs> but he he uh, was not waiting for Regan's interview or anything else he jumped out of there and and went running so um I thought that that was funny and it reminded me of that and you know Mike you were talking about him sort of struggling yeah over the past two years of course since making the move he's been struggling but right now currently um sitting eighth in points so, I mean, not bad. If you're looking at it right now, five races in, he is, uh, he's locked into the playoffs right now, you know, five races in. So um, I, I, I think he, he would definitely take that start. Um, he mentioned um, guys racing each other, how him and, and Joey race each other respectfully on the track. Um, there for a hot second, Clint Boyer was trying to start some start some shit there in the booth uh, when it came to Kevin Harvick and Ross Chastain. And it wasn't until he saw the replay. And, and I love that car owner Tony Stewart um, immediately came to kind of uh, Ross's defense, actually, and not his car, his his own driver's defense. But no, he didn't touch him. Uh, but I know you've got some audio with uh, on on the the incident that really kind of wasn't an incident. It was just more of racing, hard racing and stuff. But uh, you've got some audio from Kevin Harvick on his um, interaction that really wasn't interaction with Ross Chastain. Kevin Harvick's been racing and winning at Atlanta since 2001, unfortunately, out of this one early. What did you feel inside the car when the one of Ross Chastain was behind you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that he actually hit me. I think he was just so close to me that, you know, it just kind of it just kind of took the back tires. He just caught me right in the middle of the corner there. And then the way that he got to me right there, it just I think he was just barely on me. And the way he came from the right to the left, just took the back of the car and spun it around. So um, just a weird deal back tire started chattering and then it turns into a tractor and you can't you just hold on thanks kevin there you go there's kevin harvick and that's his side of what what happened so so you know you got kevin in his final season um i know mm-hmm. he wants to to go out on top and win this all but do you think even even though ross i mean and it clearly when we went back and watched the replays he ha- he didn't hit him but um or touch him but do you think 10 years ago, Harvick responds the same way in the post race or not post race, but I post wreck interview. Oh, no, <laughs> no, it, it didn't matter. I mean, you could have been 10 feet away. It didn't matter. He was going to blame you. Right. And he was going to be hot headed about it. So um, I guess, you know, his F's given right now are like little to none. He's he's like, I'm out of here soon. So it doesn't matter. But, um, 
And I know uh, another big topic that was, it was kind of going into the race. And it's interesting because of kind of, you know, what we just heard from Brad and others talking, um, Kyle Bush was interviewed. Actually, I think it was before the race. Um, he had kind of done some, some media and had talked about the fact, you know, being a veteran and stuff. Um, has he tried to talk to drivers, I guess, about driving respectfully or which Mike, you know, that that is such a like trigger for me. I hate that crap. I hate the, I hate the idea of rookies need to, you know, earn their respect or whatever. And then I, I just hate that shit. Just freaking drive. You know, I mean, why do you have to have, I don't care that he's a veteran. There's some rookies out there that drive more respect. And why do you have to drive respectfully? Just drive. It's a race. I mean, you know, I'm not saying go out there and intentionally wreck people. But last time I looked, it's been some of the veterans that are the ones out there intentionally wrecking people. So who are they to be lecturing? But anyway, you've got audio of Kyle. I'll get off my soapbox. Um, But uh, audio of Kyle talking about this, right? Yeah, and before I play it, Don, let's come back to Ross Chastain in a minute. Remind me to come back. I have something to tell you about tomorrow, something he's going to be involved in. But anyway, I just want to mention mention that so I don't forget. As a Dave I'll, Letterman, I'll as a yeah. former Dave Letterman fan, I'm super stoked to watch this video. We'll, we'll talk about that, but let's let me go ahead and play Kyle Bush. So here's what Kyle, here's a, like a shot he fired off. Uh, what was it Saturday? Uh huh. I believe okay, so. so. Here we go. Completely lost any sense of respect in the garage area between drivers at all. And that's what, that's where the problem lies is nobody gives two shits about anybody else. And it's just a problem where everybody takes advantage of everybody as much as they can. We're all selfish, granted. Um, but there was an etiquette that once did live here. Uh, Mark started it. I think Tony really lived by it. I think Jeff lived by it. Um, Bobby Labonte, you know, Rusty, for the most part, Dale Jarrett, for sure, you know. So, I mean, it, it did exist. That's gone. So, what do you think? Do you think he's – is it truthful that it's all gone now? I mean, or – I'm sitting here like I'm trying to – I know what I want to say, but I'm trying to think yeah. of which one's going to be first. But I'm just going to say this. Who the hell is he to talk? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I think back over the last – 10 to 15 years of racing he his name is the, he is the numero uno villain <laughs> and yeah. guess what that comes from being non-respectful on the track and intentionally wrecking people or just being a jackass or you know driving aggressively which again i don't have any issues if you drive aggressively dale senior was hated because he drove aggressively i noticed he left dale senior's name out of that conversation <laughs> yet dale senior my understanding was the go-to guy if you wanted anything to happen in the nascar garage area when he was alive it was everyone went to i never heard people were going to tony stewart or to rusty wallace they were going to dale senior about that so but again, I don't know who these guys are nowadays because, you know, apparently they have forgotten their history. <laughs> or I don't know if, if Kyle's just trying to rewrite history now that he's in a new car. Uh, it's it's a new car. It's a, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. I know I, he, you know, I, get, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree, Don. I, I don't get where he's going with all this and what's the purpose really. And I just don't understand, like, what are they talking about as far as the respect on the track? You know, 
this goes back to me, to Joey Logano, to Brad Keselowski, the guys, and, and I'm going to, and I'll take it back. He used Tony Stewart's name. I'm going to use Tony Stewart's name. Tony Stewart was one that, again, 20 years ago, I recall us talking about, or well, it would have, yeah, because it would have been right at the beginning of us being on the air of Tony talking about, you know, I mean, I have friends, but when we come to the track, I'm not friends with anybody at this track. I'm not, I'm not there. And, you know, Brad Keselowski yeah. and Joey Logano saying, I don't go hang out with guys in the garage area. I don't go play golf during the week with them. I mean, these are my competitors. I'm not here to be buddy, buddy with you. You know, we can be, there's plenty of time for that when we retire, but I get, I just, I, I don't know what they, are they wanting a kumbaya session? Like, what is it that he's wanting? What kind of respect? I see a lot of respect. I see a lot of give and take out on the track. What I, what I find funny, Mike, is it's when these guys, these veterans, and I'm doing the air quotes, these veterans, when they're not getting the finishes that they think that they are entitled to or should be getting. And I just feel like you hear frustration, but the frustration I don't believe is really with the other guys and what they're doing on the track. I think it's, they're frustrated with themselves because they're not getting those drivers specifically are not getting the results that some of these younger hungry drivers are getting. And we heard this all last season when it was, you know, talked about with Ross Chastain and we heard how he was going to get his ass put in the wall and we were going to get payback and all this stuff. Well, guess who finished second in the points barely last year? Yeah. You know, and I know I don't recall his ass getting put into the wall until last week or the week before by Denny Hamlin, you know, but whatever. I, I just I, I don't know. I, but I hate that. I hate that crap. There is no other sport where you hear guys complaining about, you know, oh, the other team doesn't respect me. Just go out there and race and stop being such a little freaking. I would say a girl, but girls nowadays have more nads than some of these guys do. So, <laughs> so where did that comment come from? Or, or that I know they, they were interviewing him on Saturday, I believe it was when, when that soundbite came out. But I wonder what sparked that conversation with the media. Who who asked the question? Or, or well, I think it had to do with the Denny Hamlin intentional wreck of Ross Chastain yeah. and stuff the week before. Um, and I think that's what it is because you know for whatever reason. And again, I think the reason was because it became a talking point last season, the media and, you know, again, y'all can call me a homer or whatever you want, but I, I am a member or was a member of the media at one time, too. So I know how the media works. The media likes storylines. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that Ross didn't get into people, you know, like out of, you know, occasionally and stuff, but everybody does. But Ross has always been, and we said this last year, an aggressive driver. It was nothing new, Mike, is my point. It wasn't like he all of a sudden started driving like this. That's how he's driven his entire career. Um, the problem was is that Ross was being an aggressive driver and Ross was winning races. And mm -hmm. that's all of a sudden it became such an issue with Denny Hamlin and with the, with these other guys. Um, and, and we talked about it, but it, it was because they weren't getting those finishes. They weren't at that, at that point in the season. I don't even know that some of them had wins yet. Remember? And, oh, yeah. and you were hearing the frustration in the veterans. Now I think it just carries over Ross. Now I feel so bad for the guy because he can't even be within 15 feet of a car that spins. And all of a sudden it's, Oh, is it the one car? Oh, what did the one car do? And it's such crap. You know, I mean, it's, I'm not, again, yes, he's gotten into people, but he's not like out there pulling a Ricky Stenhouse and just, you know, I mean, 
it's almost like you can bet weekly if Ricky's going to be in the wall. At some point, Ricky's going to be in the wall and he's going to take people with him into the wall. Um, you know, I don't, I, I just feel like Ross, what I like about him, and there was a, another thing, Mike, I mean, during this Atlanta race that was kind of controversial with some people was he drove through the grass in, in the pit area. And my, um, uh, a couple of people were pointing out, how is that legal? Because how are you able to keep, you know, cause it's the NASCAR lines that they have that, that keep track of the speed and stuff. So if you're passing through the grass, how are they able to monitor that? It was a great point, but you know, I mean, at the same time, I said, you know, this is what I like about Ross is he is going to take that gray area <laughs> that they mm -hmm. have and and because he he is just it's tunnel vision for him. It's checkers or wreckers. That's it. You know, I'm going to I, I want to win. And he's hungry and he is going to do whatever. Just like remember last season at the road course where he took um, what, what was it? He went out of bounds and went the other way or whatever it was. Yeah. It, it, it was in the rules. They said you could do it. Um, so, I mean, until he's told he can't do something, you know, or until they take it out, run the wall, do whatever you got to do. And. I don't see how if you are a true racing fan, I mean, you may not be a fan of Ross, but you have to like give kudos to that kind of hungry driver. That's what people have been saying they've been missing for so long. So I don't, I don't know, but that was my long answer to your short question was, I think it had to do with that the week before. All right. Well, speaking of Ross, uh, and by the way, you know, he, yeah, he definitely generated some great storylines for us in the media over the last year. Uh, we've had a lot of fun covering him. He's a fun driver to watch, and I, I think he's going to just continue these little things that he does. But speaking of that, so if you're going to this Dakota tomorrow, get over there, try to get over there close to where the, the big tower is, the Dakota Tower, around noon. There, he's going <laughs> to drop a watermelon or two off the top of that tower. It's like 200-something feet up in the air, and uh, he's going to do his watermelon smash uh victory thing off the tower so that's going to be interesting to see uh what it and we know it's going to splatter everywhere but it's going to be pretty cool to see uh how far it splatters and uh how many how many you know watermelons he throws off there the size of them i'm i'm curious to see how all that's going to go but they're going to have a lot of fun they're having a little media event and then they're doing an interview with them afterwards when it's over so uh and the fans if you want to understand can can get over there to where the tower is. Uh, it's in the area that's open access. So check that out. Well, yeah, I mean, again, that's why I was saying as a David Letterman fan, I mean, I can remember when David used to go out there and they would uh, drop things from the roof and, um, and watch them splat and stuff. And so I was like, I, I live for that. And that, that's My, such a Ziz thing, isn't it? It's well, such a that's what I was going to say, uh, Dawn, uh, this is a Mike Zizzo creation. Uh, Mike is a, uh, helping with the uh, media relations uh, uh, work, doing some work behind the scenes and helping out promote this race and, and working with the media and everything. But this is something that he, uh, he or orchestrated for the, for the fans and the media to take care, to take place uh, tomorrow at 12 o'clock noon. So, well, that's awesome. I'll do they up. have the nacho bar there? Do they do the nacho uh, bar? No. Okay, no, that's just a TMS thing then. That's a TMS thing, and and uh, you know we haven't had the nacho bar uh, as much. Things have changed since the you know leadership has changed. So yeah, yeah, I hear you. It's, it's kind of going by the wayside, unfortunately. The world famous nacho bar is no more. So. 
Well, um, Mike, in here in our chat room, uh, my good friend Don, Don Haas Holding, which Don is, a, we need to have Don come on here one day and talk to us because Don is a amazing uh, wrestler there in South Central Texas. Uh, love him, have known him for years. Anyway, he posts in here, as a casual fan of NASCAR, the point system has become complicated and hard to follow is what he says. Um, I will say this um don um to me the point system and again i'm just speaking for myself but whenever i hear this argument it is way easier now to, to keep track of back in the day is when it was really hard because you would have what was it like a good you know gajillion points by the end of the season it, it was just weird i mean the way that they just counted the points up and stuff this way it's like you know that it's points are based on position so it's one point to however many cars you have in the field, 40 points. Um, And then, you know, there's, but But before. What I think she's referring to is stage points and and playoff points and all that, all these other factors that factor into it. That's when you need a math degree to figure all that out. (laughs) See, I would, I agree, but then I would agree to disagree because if you remember, you know, back with the old point system, you still had the points for most laps led, the points for, you know, the win, the points for, I mean, there was, there was points for all kinds of stuff too back then as well, but it just got boring, Don. This makes it more exciting, believe it or not. I know that there's still people that we want the old point system back, but I, I found it very boring. Um, And it just, I don't know. It, this to me, it's just when you see it, Mike, don't you agree that when you see it and it's within, you know, the points are within five, six points of each other. It just makes that it feels more exciting than it does when you've got, you know, one driver with 25,000 points and then another driver with 8,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, yeah, it, well, but I think, you know, it's just like the NHRA, they have a different point system now. And, and a lot of people, feel that, you know, a driver collects all these points and then everything gets reset during the playoffs. And is, is that fair, you know, the, to kind of reset things. And I mean, we saw, we saw that happen in the NHRA last year with uh, Robert Height in the funny car class. He had like eight wins and had this huge point lead going into the, the countdown to the championship, the last six races. And then he ends up losing the championship because the points reset and he, he stumbled a little bit and Ron caps took off and, and, um, and, you know, so the guy that has the most wins in the year doesn't win the championship. And see, and that's when I pull out my little fiddle and I strum it like this, because again, (laughs) what other sport is there out there out of the major sports where, you know, playoffs is its own entity. And I mean, again, we're in the middle of, March Madness right now. Oh, yeah. and look, everybody's brackets suck um, because and, and have been destroyed because it, it doesn't. That's what I love is it just it doesn't matter, Mike. You have to bring it for an entire season. And to me, that's when you really, truly I know there's people that make the argument. Well, that's not a you know the true champion, because what if somebody, you know, like you said, led the season, the entire season, and then they don't win in the playoffs, then they're not the champion. <laughs> I well, mean, the- it happens. I mean, you could have like an, in the in the uh, NFL, you could have a team go undefeated in the regular season and get in the playoffs and go all the way to the Super Bowl and lose the Super Bowl. Right. And you exactly. could have the best record. But I tell you what, March Madness is great right now. And if you're a, a fan of any of the Big 12 schools, Kansas State today uh, 
in overtime beat Michigan did, right before we went on the air to do the show. They, so Kansas State's going to the Elite Eight. So uh, that that's great for Kansas State. Um, my Baylor Bears got knocked out last week, the men and the women. So my, my son was supposed to go, Don. Had the, had the men's team won, he wouldn't be going to Dakota with me this weekend. He'd be flying out to Seattle to cover the uh, the tournament out there. But he so he missed out going to Seattle. But he he did get a chance to go to Denver last weekend. So, well, That's we love good. March Madness because we like the Cinderella stories. That's what we live for. And Saturday we kind of had um, a Cinderella story sort of in a way, actually I kind of compare this more when everything went down with Josh Williams and the Xfinity (laughs) series, which, which Josh Williams is like, well, you were talking earlier. Josh Williams is like that everyday man, the guy that's been, you know, working his way up um, through the different tracks in the series and stuff. And he's a hard worker, you know, doesn't have a big budget, mullet <laughs> i mean when you think of nascar i think dale jr compared him to kenny powers um yes he looks like kenny powers but um you know the mullet the, the everything but uh, my understanding is like a big sweet teddy bear and i remember hearing about josh williams i want to say it was last year i think it was if not it was a year before when dale jr raced in an xfinity series race and they kind of got into each other a little bit and, it, you know, it's like, who's this guy? I remember Junior was like, who's this guy that's, you know, like, but anyway, they say he's super nice guy or whatever. Well, you know, but he works hard and can't afford to wreck cars and that kind of thing. I mean, it, he doesn't he, he doesn't drive for a big team and stuff uh, there in the Xfinity series. And Saturday's race got parked or um, I guess it was a caution or something. And he had some stuff fall off of his car. I guess the Bondo or whatever didn't work. And it supposedly, too, it was extremely windy out there in Atlanta. It was cold and it was windy. And um, so it it blew off. And I guess NASCAR wanted to park him. And he was frustrated because, again, you know, the he he doesn't have a ton of sponsors and stuff. He needs his car out there running weekly and he didn't want to be parked. And so he kind of pulled the old stone cold Steve Austin and shot the finger literally. I mean, honestly, <laughs> saluted the Dagum Tower. It was great. Um, NASCAR Tower. He parked his car all right. He parked it right there at the start, start finish line <laughs> under caution, got out of it and said, and threw up the deuces too. That's what I love. Is he's like, peace out, bitches. Um <laughs> And I don't know that he really said that. I'm just adding that in. But it was that's what to me made it. It was like he he stormed off, but he totally threw the deuces up. The only thing to me that was better, Mike, was willpower in the IndyCar series the year that he did something similar and shot the angry birds at uh, at the control tower. But it was awesome. Um, It got fans excited about the Xfinity series, which that's great. Um, It got fans excited about. Josh Williams, uh, he had to go to the NASCAR hauler and he spent two hours there <laughs> in the hauler for the duration of the race. I think my understanding is he enjoyed some pizza <laughs> and stuff while he was in there. Um, but we have some audio from Josh. Uh, was it, I, I believe it was while he was down there, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Talking, I mean, media had a frenzy with him. It was great. Yeah. Here's the reaction to what he had to say after the incident the other day. So here we go. I mean, you know, we all work really hard, right? You know, we run X amount of laps and then have some like a piece of marathon fall off. 
put us out in races. It's really frustrating. We're a small team. Uh, we work really hard. You know, we got to make our sponsors happy, right? So it doesn't do you any good sitting on the garage, but it is what it is. We'll learn from it and move on. Well, was it, were you gesturing when you got out of the car? Were you like waved up to the fans or to the box? Or? <laughs> Just the, some of the officials in the flag stand. I mean, we're good friends with everybody, so I waved at them. They waved back. But, you know, the, the fans were kind of supportive about it. That was kind of cool. So, thankfully, they got a little bit into it. What do, you, what, that, do you tell, what, do you, what do you say to NASCAR when it was your turn to talk? And, you, know, like um, you know, just told them I was a little bit frustrated, but it's in the rule book. So. Part of that rule is that it could be, you know, a lapse. So, on uh, laps, um, are you frustrated that it wasn't something like that? Because we didn't just do your part? Uh, I mean, it's up to them, right? So, I mean, it's, it's their sandbox and we play in it. And I know that it's really serious. And I've got respect for Wayne and everybody. So, move on. Did you, did, you not, did you not know that was the rule? Did you think that? Surprised. I was, I was shocked about you know how quick it was. It was like, you know, we did lose to spare bomb. It's cold. This stuff's hard to stick. But what do you do? What did you do? I waited in there for two hours, three hours, whatever it was. It was a long time. A long time. What did you do? Uh, watched the race. They had some beats in there. I almost took a nap. What kind of pizza, Josh, do you? Um, Every situation is different, but I think back to years and years ago, Kevin Harvick was parked when he parked it, disobeyed NASCAR in a way at Martinsville, and they didn't let him run the cup race the next day. Right. Do you worry that you might be suspended and not race a Coda next week? Oh, I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, you know, it's up to Wayne and invite NASCAR, so I mean, that's what the rule is, and that's what they decide to do. Every action has a reaction. And Don, if you if you think that's funny, you need to go to the Dale Jr. download this week and listen to he and Mike. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, what's Dale's? I know, I, and you just I'm having a brain fart, so go ahead. Anyway, but um, his co-host Mike. Um, I should know this. I watch it all the time. <laughs> anyway, uh, they had a lot of fun talking about Junior getting called to the hauler mm-hmm. over the years and what it what it means to get called to the hauler and different. <laughs> run-ins that he had with uh, uh mike helton and everything so but uh yeah uh, so uh, you know i loved it it was great for for the sport nascar they, they made a rule and came down on them you know and everything but this was good for the sport generate a little bit of excitement a little bit of action and, and just controversy nascar always likes a little controversy but this was this is good for tv i think it made a lot of people laugh and have fun with it well, it made a lot of people laugh. What was it last year when Kyle Busch did it on pit road? So you remember oh, yeah. got out and, and, and did the same thing. But I think what made this one different again is because it, it just had that kind of that stone cold kind of feel to it. You know, I mean, it's like the, the working man, everybody, you know, it's like everyone could relate to, to, you know, to Josh and, and feel for him. And so, um, and he was standing up to the man, you know, <laughs> kind of deal. So it was funny. And and speaking of that, so he went on a media blitz. I mean, his poor PR person that's been with him for like nine years. I don't think they've ever, you know, had as many interview requests and stuff like that put out. And she's like, here, here's my email, you know, send, send me the request here. 
But of course, as any good marketing company and stuff would do, they put a t-shirt out and you bet your bottom dollar that I went and bought one. So I got a Josh Williams shirt coming to me. It's like a park it here or something like that. And then Bristol, <laughs> Bristol Dirt Track went in or uh, tweeted out a sign. They had went out there at the start finish line uh, of the track and put a sign out there that says park it here, Josh Williams, or parking for Josh Williams or whatever. And so it's like they're already jumping on it. So, I mean, what a great thing for him. I'm hoping that maybe there's some more sponsorship deals that come out of this. I know Dale Jr. wasn't a big fan, he said, because he felt like, as a guy that is needing, you know, that's hardworking and needing mm-hmm. sponsorship and stuff, he felt like this could maybe turn the opposite direction on him. But I don't know, Mike, I, again, we're media people and you know how it is. It's, you know, bad publicity is publicity, um, you know, so um, I think it's a good thing for him. I think it got him some notoriety. And I think that the Xfinity series needed it. I mean, you know, that's more people that are going to want to tune in. You won't see him this week because he's parked. <laughs> really he's parked now uh for a week but uh you'll see him uh in in a in another week uh he'll be back so and i think that there'll be a lot more eyeballs on him which is a good thing yeah i, I love that dawn and the first thing i thought was man it's a shame eddie gossage is still not you know that he's not at texas motor speedway anymore uh, eddie would have a field day with with this for, for promoting wise for oh, the yeah. xfinity race uh what a shame but anyway eddie would have had fun so well, um, Elton Sawyer of NASCAR uh, talked about this as well. I know you said you had a little bit of audio uh, about the decision, I believe. Yeah, here's his reaction. Here we go. Competitors don't always agree with the calls. You know, you can get called out on a strike three and and um, bottom of the ninth and the game's over and you may not agree with the call and that's totally fine. There's a way to handle that. There's a way to come to the trailer after the race, get with the series director, express your displeasure. And, and that, that's totally fine, but there is also a way not to handle it. And we'll continue to have dialogue today with internally on, you know, next steps, but um, those actions will, you know, put us in a position that, you know, we have to, you know, to react. So I think in all of sports and all of any type of competition, the competitors, again, they don't always agree with the call, and that's that's fine. They have that right. But how you handle that is totally, you know, your, at your discretion, and then you put maybe the league in a spot where they uh, would have to react. I, th- I think he makes a good point there from, yeah. from NASCAR's side of the story, you know. Uh, I mean, I don't think that there, anybody was, you know, surprised at the outcome and stuff. <laughs> I mean, but – um, again, it, it was just funny. And then they would, sh- they were showing, I guess, like, um, camera views or whatever, or, or folks, I guess some of the crew members and stuff were in the garage area and, you know, NASCAR, the hauler has like the sliding door or whatnot that you can see. And you see him in there, he's, he's like waving and stuff while he's in the hauler. It was just, it was so funny. It's like the kid in the principal's office that, you know, you could still see in there and he's like, ha ha, check me out. So anyways. Um, and again, his mullet, amazing, amazing mullet. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. I I mean, doesn't he just look like your everyday racer? You know, he's got on the old, just the old blue Simpson, you know, racing suit, fire suit with like nothing on it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, nothing fancy, just plain and Jane, you know? Yeah. It's baggy. I I loved it. (laughs) I loved it. We need more of that, Don. That's what NASCAR, you know, drivers acting out more 
I need shenanigans. Yeah. We definitely need more shenanigans. So uh, that's why I said it made it was good for TV. It was good for NASCAR. I don't care what NASCAR says. It was good for NASCAR. Well, it generated that, a lot of buzz. It did. And and that kind of leads us into uh just some NASCAR news and notes, which something else that generated some buzz was Mike Joy for the second week in a row. Uh basically on the air during the broadcast calling out keyboard warriors <laughs> which i'm like oh i mean and people got pissed and went off on him you know i mean on twitter and you know good for mike joy though he he gets back on there and responds to folks and stuff and he's like you know look i mean i'm not saying that you know the majority of the fan base but there are these you know ones and we all know who they are because they're on all social media you know they get behind that keyboard um and they act like they're Mike Tyson or something, you know, and you know, Ag- ag- agitators, right? You know, just stirring it up. The old <laughs> living in mom's basement, you know, ah, where's the meatloaf? <laughs> kind of people. So, uh, anyway, uh, but he he had to get on there, and, you know, simmer down, folks, simmer down. Which, by the way, in the Fox booth this week, um, and I saw somebody else call for this earlier in the week. There was some fans. Um, actually, it was on Sunday. I saw it during the race. People were saying, look, I mean, Chase Elliott, he's not driving. Why don't you put him in the booth? Um, which I find amazing. I'm going to have to listen, really pay attention this weekend at CODA and listen because people are talking about, you know, he he's great. He's great analyst and stuff. And I can't really remember. I mean, I know he's been in there, but I can't remember him being a great analyst. And I guess that's because I, I, I know people think I hate on Chase, but I just think he's boring. I just really find him boring. So I can't imagine. Well, that. He's so he's so monotone, you know, right. He's, that's what I'm saying. So I just can't imagine him being like this amazing in the booth guy. So I'm going to have to like, give it, give it a shot and, and see how it goes on, on Sunday. I mean, can it be any worse than what the broadcast has been over the last few weeks? I, I don't know, but um, anyway, so that's that. And I know we have some more audio, though, from uh, NASCAR's Elton Sawyer as well, Mike. And that goes with our NASCAR news and notes stuff. Yeah, and that's regarding the restart zone at Coda. So here's what he had to say about that. At uh, dialogue with the drivers and feeling like the restart zone expanding it would give the lead vehicle, the control vehicle a little more of an advantage which they had earned so we said let's let's go through the first five events uh we started at daytona ended up at atlanta um, after some dialogue again uh the drivers didn't feel like and i don't know that the industry did as well that we really accomplished anything there um that they were looking for so starting at coda we'll go back to our um you know, 2022 dimensions, if you will. And and just for our fans, the the way we come up with those dimensions is you take the caution car speed and you multiply that by four. What we had done in the first five events is just did the math on that and multiplied it by six. Uh, It didn't quite give us what we were looking for. Um, So we'll go back to the, uh, you know, original dimensions. And there you go. So that's how they're going to do it. Yeah. which I'm fine with. I mean, yeah. again, you know, I don't, I don't see an issue with it. And, and again, just a reminder, this is first road course that we've come to for the season. So uh, the choose rule will be in effect um, at this road course. And I'm stoked about that. And Mike, one other thing I know, as far as with the Coda race, a couple of things that I'm looking forward to. Um, and I actually, I'm, I'm going to like brag a little bit because I got to actually chat 
a little bit with with this one gentleman here. Um, I chatted with him on Twitter. He was he popped up in my DMs. Um, so Jordan Taylor though will be filling in for Chase Elliott in the nine car. Uh, I love Jordan Taylor. You know, of course, brother of uh, Ricky Taylor. There they are the they race the Corvettes, uh, big time Corvette racers. He's been an IMSA champion. And for folks on social media, uh, if you uh, you know Jordan, you know his alter ego. Rodney Sandstorm, um, which we all love Rodney and his Jeff Gordon jacket, <laughs> socks up to his knees and his shorts that he wears. Uh, the cool thing is, is he's going to be sporting a Jeff Gordon-esque helmet. Um, he posted about that this week in honor of Jeff Gordon, who he absolutely loves. Uh, but he's had some great video out. You know, he's a very tall guy. And you should have seen him trying to, uh, they were doing the fitting for his seat and stuff. And he was having trouble getting in the car uh, there for a little bit and, and fitting in the seat and stuff. So um, I'm, I'm stoked though, to see him because he is one of those guys that a lot of people have really wanted to see in a NASCAR cup series car for a while, just to see how he does. And um, I don't know, I'm, I'm really, really giddy about that. And then I know we've got what a couple of F1 drivers in this race as well. And, Oh yeah, um, it's gonna be yeah. A there's a star-studded lineup between the drivers and the celebrities. Uh, this for this race, Dakota. It should be a good race. I think the weather tomorrow. There's I saw there's fifty percent chance of rain in Austin. I'm not sure what time of the day that, that the rain is calling for, but um, the rest of the weekend looks really good weather-wise. So we should be able to get the race in no problem at all. Um. From my understanding, they sold a lot of tickets, so they're expecting a pretty good crowd. I know they've done a lot of advertising for this race, and uh, so I'll be I'll be up there tomorrow morning, er, bright and early, and be there all three days. And I wish you were going to be there, Don, but one of these days we'll get you there to Dakota. Yeah, I'll be you heading. Still haven't been. I know, I know, and um, I'll be heading. And then the following weekend, you'll be at Texas Motor Speedway for the IndyCar race. Um, I'll be next weekend in Richmond for the Richmond race. So we're going to be all over uh, the next couple of weeks, all over these races. Um, yeah, Mike, so it is uh, Jordan Taylor and then uh, Jensen Button, uh, Connor Daly, yeah. uh, Josh Balicki, Jimmy Johnson. Hello, let's not forget, seven time is going to be in this race. And then, of course, uh, Kimi, uh, Kimi Rakkonen, uh will be racing again there in that Project 91 car. So, you know, that right there, I just named five drivers, six drivers there that can all immediately um, be considered possible, you know, upsetters, <laughs> you know, for this race. And I think that would be so cool personally, but yeah, uh, I don't know if you can see this Dawn, probably not because of the camera and the light, but um, uh -huh. Fox and NASCAR put this up on their social media. It says in the field at the circuit of the Americas, there's 16, as far as the drivers go, Xfinity championship, 16, Cup championships, 15. IMSA championships, four. These are the drivers that have won. Uh, th Craftsman Truck Series, uh, three championships. And Formula One championships, two. So, there's, like I said, there's some heavy hitters. Uh, if you, With all three series there this weekend, if you ever want to go see a NASCAR race, this is the, the weekend to go see them. So, you can get all three of them in. Uh, if you don't have a ticket, get a ticket. Get on tonight. Um on the circuitofamericas.com or NASCAR at Coda website and get some tickets and go, go. It's a lot of fun. It's a great, it's a great facility. <laughs> it's, 
got to do a lot of walking and everything, but it's a really fine uh, track and, and the cars have done really well up there in all three series. I think the races have been incredible the last two years. And this is the third year now of the, uh, of the, of the contract. So uh, I'm not sure if they're going to renew after, renew after this year or what, but uh, I'm hoping that the, the, the uh, NASCAR stays at this track. All right. So it'll be the Echo Park Texas Grand Prix uh, again at Circuit of the Americas, or as we like to call it, Coda. Um, Sunday's race is, uh, I guess they will go to TV and stuff at 2.30 p.m. or so. Um, Green Flag is set to drop at 2.49 local time, which is central time there. And of course, you can catch the race on Fox. Uh, or you can listen to our amazing friends there at the Performance Racing Network, Doug Rice and uh, the rest of the gang. They will have the call there from Austin. And um, it's going to be exciting. And make sure to go to racedaysa.com all weekend long. Mike and uh, Michael will have all sorts of updates and stuff and stories and pictures and video and, and whatnot, shenanigans uh, and stuff. Although I don't know, I don't know how many shenanigans will be up because I won't be there at the track with Mike. So he tends to be more professional when I'm not around. So, um, <laughs> we will see about that. So, yeah. And then on Saturday, the truck and the Xfinity races on Saturday. So we got two races to get, to get, uh, to watch if you get a ticket for Saturday's race. And one last thing, Mike, as far as NASCAR news goes, Hendrick Motorsports appeal will be heard next Wednesday. Um, again, they're still, you know, battling that, penalty that infraction from last week or actually the week before uh, when they were penalized so their appeal will be heard uh, this coming Wednesday on the 29th yeah and didn't Denny uh, didn't he decide to appeal his as well yeah I haven't heard if his will be heard the same time or not I just see it about Hendrick so Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out yes definitely all right um NHRA this week Yes, we're out in Arizona for the Arizona Nationals. The second race of the season is, I believe, the, the next three races are going to be on the West Coast. There's a race in Pomona and a race in Vegas. So this is the kind of the, the early Western swing um, before they start going around the, the other parts of the country. Um, now that it's warming up, <laughs> you can get to the other states. They, they only had one race so far. That was the Gator Nationals a couple of weeks ago, but there will be at in Arizona there in uh, Tucson, I believe, is where the, the track is located. And uh, this could be the last year for the, a race at this track. They're talking about developing part of the property. But then I heard the other day that they may save the drag strip part, keep that there, and, and de- develop the other part of the property so they can keep the racing going. So I don't know that if this is going to be the final race there or not, but it, lo- it looks like it is, but who knows. Uh, but anyway, it's going to be great to see uh, – the guys get back to it and uh it's always a lot of fun exciting watching drag racing mike i got in here in the comment section all of a sudden the comments you know kind of blew up a little bit uh my my boss uh was in here listening to me uh dalton santos of course if you're a texas longhorn fan you know the name dalton santos uh he was uh number 55 the double nickels there uh and then uh oh huge texas longhorn fan ha ha uh actually he's a boomer sooner fan but our good friend dylan emery uh he he gets in here first time listener to this podcast maybe or this video thing yeah but uh dylan was a long time fill-in host and uh and stuff with us and miss i miss dylan i haven't seen dylan in for evs so um but he says 
uh, boo F1, haha. But he says Austin's awful. Bring it to San Antonio. <laughs> but the track, I, I don't know if if Coda is awful. Austin, yes. Austin itself. Now, again, that's coming from an OU fan, but I, I'm a huge Texas Longhorn fan, but I'm not exactly a huge Austin, the city of Austin fan. That's that's for sure. It's kind of a, a crazy little town there. Oh, it's a, it's a great town, though. It is. It depends on the day. You just never know what you're going to get there. Oh, I know. But I I love it. I love going up there. And Josh Farmer is watching. uh, I don't know if you remember Josh. Yes. Yeah. He, 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 uh, I haven't seen him in a while, but uh, hopefully, you know, he's done some writing for my website before and, uh, and he's a big IndyCar fan. And he's, um, I think he covered some races, uh, maybe at Fontana or something earlier this year. Uh, but he's, um, Great, great rider, and hope to see him back at the track oh, soon. Uh, maybe he'll be at Texas in a couple of weeks. I don't know if he will, but uh, if he is, uh, I'll have to say hi to him and everything. But thanks for watching, Josh, and I hope you're doing well. Yeah, gosh, I miss Josh. I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, Mike, I know you got packing to do. Um, so I'm going to let you jump and, and go get packed and ready, ready to head up there, head up by 35 and the, the mess that it is right there between New Braunfels and Onion Creek, <laughs> right, right there. Are the, do you even go way anymore? No, I guess I'll, you take the toll. I'll take the tollway. I go through Seguin and go up because I am I live in Floresville, which is southeast of San Antonio. So it's easy for me to cut over to Seguin, go up the tollway. Mm-hmm. And I'm right there, but I want to say, uh, apologize to the readers of, uh, race day, I've been a little, not publishing much the other, the last few days. Cause my computer died on me here right before I had to get a new computer last night. So, uh, my laptop of three years, which I loved and got used to, I uh, just decided it was no longer going to work. And, and so I've been down the last week or so. <laughs> You know, haven't been well since we did the show last week. I've been able yeah. to use it. Yeah, well, so, RIP to that um, laptop. Up and running, but it took me a day to get everything restored and all the links and everything working and hooked up to the mixer and all the gadgets that we use to do this and the recording and everything. So, uh, but I'm up and running and um, I'll be ready to go tomorrow. So, bright and early, I'll be at Coda. Well, make sure that you're checking out. Uh, racedayessay.com of course throughout the weekend um, like I said Mike's going to have all the stories and and photos and all kinds of stuff up there and food and whatnot so um, he'll he'll be posting and bragging about it and Mike yeah, I have my, my son with me writing too uh, oh yes yep Michael yeah and we might actually record a podcast Saturday if we get some time I'm, I'm taking the equipment and, and if we do we'll have it available at Tracks Mac Radio and and uh or we might do a, a live Facebook thing with you uh, down on the uh, on the grid somewhere. So, well, that'll be awesome. We'll figure it out. So, yeah, we'll figure um, it out. Well, since you won't be in the I thirty five mess, then I wish you safe travels along the Pickle Parkway. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they call the tollway? Yeah, that's what it's called is Pickle Parkway. You I didn't never, know that. Yeah, which makes me laugh because, you know, see, p- people who haven't been listening to this show forever will not know or understand my obsession with, and I was about to say my oh, obsession um, with pickles. Slick Pickle, Slick Pickle Racing. Slick, yeah, that's right. Slick Pickle Racing. Slick Pickle Racing came kind of actually started basically kind of on the Pickle Parkway, <laughs> believe it or not. But um, <laughs> that story gets very, yeah, we don't need to go there. Um, 
That was a fun, fun little story that came about on my road trip to Charlotte Motor Speedway for All-Star Weekend about 10, 12 years ago. And that's where Slick Pickle Racing was conceived. And it's stayed in my brain since then. But uh, there's been big plans for it at some point. Didn't you have a T-shirt made? Yes, I do have a Slick Pickle Racing (laughs) T-shirt. I made him my little slick pickle design and it's not appropriate for children, but I'm sure there's not many children this time of night. Watching they, us. And they sure as hell better not be listening to this podcast. So <laughs> anyway, all right, Mike, we'll go have yourself a, a good evening and safe travels to you and your son. And y'all will be checking in with me. And then next week, I know um, we will probably still shoot for Wednesday evening. Um, although I've said that the last three weeks and we have not done a show on a Wednesday, but um, we will shoot for Wednesday. If not, there's a possibility of Tuesday, but I still think Wednesday. And then I will be on a flight out to Virginia come Thursday morning next week. So um, we will, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday, just watch for us. We'll we'll put it up there. Yeah. All right. Michael have lots of stories for us. All right. Looking All right. forward to it. Thank you guys as always for uh for tuning in and for joining us here. Oh wait, Christopher Ruggles. Uh he just joined us as well. Christopher, I oh my God, hold on. How did we not do our picks, Mike? Oh, that's right. Cause uh and I got that because Christopher Ruggles says uh Byron will win, but if Elliot was racing this weekend, he would have won or he would win hands down. Okay. Um, Mike, who's your pick? Okay, I'm going Ross Chastain to repeat. Damn you. Uh-huh. My long shot's gonna be um uh Austin Dillon. Okay. And my really, really, really long shot, might as well go Corey LaJoy. Wow. Yeah, I'm going way out there this week. Yeah, that is way out there. Um, okay, so you went Ross. Okay, so I'm going to go. Um, you know what? I'll say Daniel Suarez. Um, I'll say Ross's teammate and winner of Sonoma last year, Daniel Suarez for the win. Cause you know that Daniel's amigos are going to be loud and proud there in Austin, Texas. Oh, uh, oh, so wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be crazy if he won with all his fans down here? If y'all thought it was crazy at Sonoma, uh, it'll be crazy in Austin. So yeah, definitely. Suarez for the win. My long shot is uh, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, which I think he could do it. And my really, really long shot is going to be Jordan Taylor. Why not? He's going to be in the nine car, but I mean, he's a road course racer. I'm I'm going to go Jordan Taylor. And uh, so that's really going out on a limb there, but all right. I like it, Mike. I like our picks. Sounds good. All right. Well, now I'm going to let Mike go and let you guys go as well. Have yourselves a great evening and a great weekend. And we will catch up with you all next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.